Traject and Alpine has this kind of people first mentality that I think is really cool. A plus players will take a company so far and you are not a company without your people. And so everything is very purposeful. Welcome to the Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. Joining me today is Caitlin Sorensen, president of B2B Social at Traject, founded in 2018, and the parent company of eight brands, which include Loomly and Sendable, where she serves as chief executive officer. They are leading social media marketing platforms that empower companies to grow their audience and attract new customers online. Prior to taking over as CEO for Sendable and Loomly, Caitlin served as VP of Sales and Marketing at Traject. Caitlin brings a wealth of social media, digital marketing, and sales expertise to Traject with over 10 years driving both agency and in-house growth strategies. Caitlin's experience leading multiple teams within Traject's family of solutions has given her a unique perspective on how to help marketers succeed in the rapidly changing digital landscape. She has also become an expert in remote leadership, one of my favorite subjects, managing diverse teams across multiple content continents, and from her residence in London, UK. Caitlin has a passion for building deep relationships with customers and colleagues to understand their goals and challenges. She's known for approaching obstacles with curiosity, solving problems, and exceeding expectations. Her growth-oriented nature inspires her teams to crush their goals, take on new challenges, and drive results. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks. So, What's the biggest problem that Loomly and Sendable solves for your clients? The biggest problem is definitely saving time. Um, I don't know how you manage the social media for your podcast, but oftentimes you're across multiple platforms and you have to log into six different places to get your content out there. And both Loomly and Sendable provide a place for you to have one login to curate, plan, and publish your content out across all of the different platforms. Right. Yeah. So t- to answer your question, I have somebody that does that all for me. <laughs> and and they use their own, they, they use a platform probably similar to yours to do that. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, we'll, we'll dive, we'll dive into that uh, more deeply, but I want to talk a little bit about Traject. Um, you know, you joined them in 2019 and, you know, when they were just about, you know, a year old. And and it looks like with these eight brands, they have grown primarily through inorganic or ac- acquired growth. Yep. Yep. We've done uh, like 11 acquisitions, I think, over my time here. Okay. And, you know, tell me a little bit about the the idea behind why the company has chosen to grow that way versus you know, just growing organically. Yeah, definitely. Our 
focus is on creating creating an ecosystem where all of these different marketing technology tools that help brands be visible online uh, come together and allow marketers to not have to sift through and, and figure out what makes the most sense, but ultimately identify the, the tools that have deep functionality to be successful um, in what they're trying to accomplish. So my focus is definitely on the social media side of things. We have review solutions, we have SEO solutions, um, and it's uh, they provide opportunities for businesses to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, were both Loomly and Sendable acquired after you joined Traject? Yes, Sendable was acquired in uh, February of 2021. Uh, which, and I joined immediately. And then Loomly was acquired in August of 2021. Okay. So they're, you know, both fairly, fairly new-ish acquisitions. Um, And were you, you were promoted to CEO as they acquired them or in in what period of time after the? Yeah. So so I um, volunteered to move to London to run Sendable. We had been on the leadership team for a number of years and mm-hmm. um, had been kind of working towards joining this CEO and training program that mm-hmm. ASG and Alpine have. And, mm-hmm. and, let, and let's tell the listeners who ASG and Alpine are in case they don't know. Yes. Uh, ASG and Alpine are our parent company. They're private equity companies that um, our holding our holding company okay. for trajectory. Okay, good. So go on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I we had the opportunity. We were looking at acquiring Sendable first, obviously, and needed somebody to run run it in London. And I asked my wife for permission first and then <laughs> uh, volunteered and said, Hey, I'll I'll move over there as long as right. I can bring my dog and my wife. <laughs> Your family, <laughs> right? Yes, my family. <laughs> um, so Traject is is obviously private equity owned. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is that how the company started, or did somebody found Traject and then they were acquired through PE? So we started through acquisition. So ASG was originally the the holding company, and they look at. Uh, vertical businesses. So mm-hmm. we started as just acquiring multiple um, businesses in originally it was uh, a, a couple of different industries, but it, the day that I started was when ASG MarTech was born. And that was what Traject was before um, we launched as Traject in 2020. So tell me, tell me a little bit about or paint me a picture about what um, Sendable and Loomly do? Like, tell me a story. So can kind of picture a little bit better how somebody might use these products. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, there are a lot of social media managers that manage, there are so many at this time, Mm -hmm. um, just with especially the transition to digital over COVID, when so many businesses had to shift to building communities, engaging with their communities online, um, it became a lot of work to manage all of these different tools Mm -hmm. to share your content, talk with your customers, respond, um, and what we do is is bring that all into one place. So 
Uh, Limley, for example, was founded because the two founders, one of them was a marketer and running an agency. The other one loved to tinker and, and build solutions. And so he was solving a solution or an issue for his wife, um, Thibaut and, and Noemi Clement. And it just built really quickly with that feedback loop of, okay, what are the issues that you're seeing? How do you want to collaborate with your teammates? And then how do you want to push your content out to your audiences? Mm -hmm. um, and since you've mentioned the founders of Loomly, um, are they still, are they still with Traject or did they just off they went after a period <laughs> uh, of time? Funny you should ask. Today is actually their last day. <laughs> okay. Which is not uncommon. There's usually some sort of period where the founders stay around to help with, through transition. Yep. Yeah. They're, um, we'll still be close after they leave. They're wonderful, incredibly intelligent people. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to have a much needed and well-deserved break. So I'm Good. very excited for them. <laughs> and, and what about Sendable? Same thing. Founders, yeah, founders are out. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gavin Hammer was the founder, and he um, transitioned out in August of last year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know, you mentioned that there are so many social media managers, right? Uh, platforms. Let's talk a little further about the competitive nature of the business, and where Loomly and Sendable fit in, or traject overall, um, with your competitors. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of people know a couple of the 300-pound gorillas in the social media management industry, Hootsuite, Sprout. Um, and and who, who would those be? Hootsuite and Sprout. Oh, I'm sorry. Hootsuite and Sprout, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sendable is is kind of unique. Sendable is 13 years old. So um, mm -hmm. Sendable has been around since the very beginning. It, it actually started as a tool to um, send uh, employee birthday emails and schedule them in advance. So it's come a long way <laughs> since then. And um, so, so Sendable was on the front line of it and, and had a lot of the like deep partnerships and integrations early on. Um, whereas Loomly came in, it's like six years old and, and had to kind of break into this space that was already a little bit more developed. So it's been really interesting to see the, the differences and, and how they solve very similar problems, but for very different users and very specific use cases. So it's a wildly competitive market. There are so mm -hmm. many different solutions that do so mm -hmm. many different things, but they're also, because there are so many social media managers, everyone has a slightly different process. And so right. one tool or the other works slightly better for, for them. Got it. For depending on who the, who the, who's using it. Um, do you have any particular focus on size of user, size of the company that's using you? Yeah. You know, um, SMB enterprise, whatever that might be. Yeah, definitely SMB. Um, Loomly works best for kind of two to five, a marketing team of two to five people. Um, it can obviously scale beyond that, but that's our mm -hmm. sweet spot and what most of our customers' sizes. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sendable is like a little bit bigger than that, kind of six users typically, and um, primarily focused on agencies. So more mm. collaboration with external users. Um, whereas Loomly is more focused on internal user collaboration. Looking at, you know, what you just said and, and, and where the sweet spot is for both Loomly and Sendable, 
you know, are are are, are Hootsuite and Sprout still the eight hundred pound gorilla in that space? Uh, I mean, or I are, think... you, are there other companies you're competing against? Yeah, I mean, there's there's there are new companies pop- popping up every single day. Yeah. Um, so it, it's. Uh, hard to limit it to just two. Mm-hmm. I think um, there are definitely some that are more focused on agencies that Sendable competes with more. Um, I think Hootsuite and Sprout Social are still the the 300-pound gorillas mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're 300-pound gorillas, so everyone right. knows their name. So right. a lot of people will try them first and then identify whether or not they work for them and then mm-hmm. come to uh, a Loomly or a Sendable. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, and I don't think that's necessarily out of the ordinary, right? Especially when you, when there's just a, 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 a sea of companies competing for the same business, really. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, I was just talking to a customer the other day and he was saying that every, like whenever he looks at a tool, especially in an industry like ours, where everyone offers a free trial, pretty much, yep. he just does like 14 free trials. <laughs> so, um, and before he makes a decision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that, that, ha- that can, I mean, I can see why people want to do that. Right. I, yeah. Um, you know, uh, to find out what works best. So, because, you know, why cough up money and then get locked into something that doesn't work for you? Yeah. Uh, both, both Limley and Sendable offer monthly plans so you don't get locked in. Um, okay. Some of their competitors don't. Um, and we do have annual plans as well, but yes, yeah. agree. well, and, and it and it can be, for, it, but regardless, you know, you have to learn a platform as a user, right? So, you know, why why start? And even if it's a monthly plan, you know, why even pay for it if you're going to think like after 30 days, think, oh, this just isn't working. I've got to go try something different. Definitely, I think the free the the freemium model or the free trial model is very very effective, right? I mean, you know, as, as we discussed, I've been using one platform for podcasting and today's my first interview on a new platform that I'm trying out for free. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. So <laughs> that, that, you know, if all goes well, I will end up moving too because there's only a, really a few really high quality podcasting platforms that do both audio and video in my opinion. So um, it, it, tell me a little bit about, you graduated uh, from university 10 years ago. Kind of got your first, you know, although we talked about you being in, in business for 10 years already, you kind of got your first like real job. I'll put that in quotes in 2013. Um, but the company was called Fierce where you spent a little bit over five years and you started as a sales administrator and worked your way up to director of demand generation. So tell me a little bit about getting started there, your journey through there and how you ended up um, at Traject. And, you know, here you are 10 years out of school as a CEO, a young CEO. Yeah. I'm happy to, to walk you through that. Um, yeah. I, Fierce is a really cool company. It does conversations, training, uh, works with a lot of different types of organizations, um, helps businesses uh, communicate better. So I found the product fascinating. I did. Um, I don't remember what my title was, but it was basically account management. And loved it, worked closely with the sales team, got to know our, a lot of our customers, uh, fell in love with the product. And then uh, there was an opportunity on the marketing team to uh, do lead generation. So basically cold call all day. Mm-hmm. And I asked if I could s- switch over and, and do mm-hmm. that. 
not because I necessarily love to cold call people, but I that was kind of the growth path within the company. And uh, so I moved over. I found it fascinating. And um, I, one of the things that I have been reflecting on in my career, because I, I do think it is kind of unique and uh, I, I not everybody is where I am at my age. Um, right. The, the thing that I always tried to do was exceed expectations. So I exceeded my sales targets six quarters in a row. Um, and the other thing that, that kind of ties together is volunteering. So I talked a little bit about how I volunteered to move to London. Um, I volunteered and asked to become the manager of the team. There, there wasn't one at the time. And so I, I thought that it would make sense for there to be one. And even though I was the, the newest member to the team, they said yes. <laughs> and that's kind of how it started. Wow. So I just continued mm-hmm. to cold call people. And, um, and then I started training new team members. I started hiring people, um, started, I I had, um, 11 team members promoted off of my team in my five years there. It's really cool and really exciting Mm -hmm. to see that Mm -hmm. not only I could grow, but I could help other people grow. Um, and that's kind of when I fell in love with leadership. So, Uh, My goal was always to continue in that direction. Um, After five or six years at Fierce, I um, was pretty burnt out and needed a change. Um, I didn't want to go into my next like big thing in that headspace. So I uh, left Fierce, did a took a consulting job, um, worked at for Microsoft um, in the marketing department for a little bit um, as a consultant. And then while I was there, kind of looked for what my next big thing would be. And a recruiter that I used to use to hire uh, lead gen mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, representatives reached out and said he had a job for me. So that's how I ended up at Traject. Great. Well, the rest is history, say as, as they say, right? Yes. Um, yep. So you know, you've talked. You said you found your calling as a leader. What kind of training have you gotten to be to become a good leader or a great leader, or is it just um, been left up to you? You know, through hope and prayer, basically, <laughs> right? No. Well, I've, I've, I've worked for a lot of phenomenal leaders, so I've mm-hmm. gotten a lot of coaching. Um, the, my time at Fierce was really pivotal in, in learning communication mm-hmm. skills, how to have tough conversations, how to delegate, um, awesome. give feedback. Those are all training modules that they have, um, and I've got to go through them all as an employee. Um And I also learned a lot on the job. I think being a manager so young, um, I definitely made some some stumbles along the way. And uh, I learned a lot about myself. um, Mm -hmm. And and, and, yeah, and then I learned a lot from from leaders. I'm, I'm currently in a CIT program or CEO and training program. So I have support even in this role um, through Alpine investors, the the PE fund. Um, So I've gotten a lot of great support. I think the biggest thing is uh, that I believe is that leaders don't do it alone. Um, 
not only could they not lead if there weren't Mm -hmm. an incredible team behind them, but they're also, I love my executive coach. Um, I love my partner um, presidents. We talk about challenges and it's phenomenal to to Mm -hmm. have that support in all the different areas of business. That's wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about the problems, the the challenges and the mistakes that you've made along the way from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, problems, problems are, are pretty fun. Um, I think one of the things that I struggled with at the beginning of my leadership career was, especially because I was so young um, and managing peers, was where how to kind of navigate that relationship. Um I initially, because I'm a people person and really like to be liked, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be everyone's best friend and it will be fine. Um, I quickly learned that that was maybe not the best tactic. Not an effective strategy, eh? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it made hard conversations that much harder. Um, So then I kind of went the opposite direction and I kept everyone at arm's length and didn't engage as much. And, and I also don't think that that's the right strategy. Um, so over time, I've, I've figured out how to be really clear about what my role is, what who I am as a person, and be really open. And um, I one of my values is authenticity and being the same person that I am at home, at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can probably tell that by, by the, mm-hmm. the way that I'm talking. But um, I think that that lesson of like how to kind of be in the middle and and not everyone's best friend, but still approach people collaboratively and not also try to be that kind of command control leader of the old days back when that was seen as the only way. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, You mentioned your executive coach. Is that person employed by ASG? Um, or, or whomever, a, whomever, you, whichever one of the uh, PE firms. Uh, I've. Uh, she's not employed directly. No. Okay. So, how did you find her, or did they find her for you? And tell me what you, what it is that you like about her. That's a great question. Um, I, she, they found her. They, they have a kind of a network of people you can reach out to. Um, so I did a couple of interviews mm-hmm. and. One of the things that I like about her most is that she calls me on my bullshit. (laughs) Um, I think she does a really good job of saying like, like, Mm -hmm. what are you doing right now? You're completely going the wrong direction and um, really pushing me to grow um, and not stay in the comfort zone, which I think is, is really important as Mm -hmm. for an executive coach. The other thing is she's not, she's very understanding. So she also like checks in and asks like, can you handle it today? (laughs) Um, Or like, where are you at? So that if I'm having a bad week or everything feels like it's crashing down, she's not also saying like, you suck. Um, So she really builds me up and then also kind of trusts me to find my own solutions. I think that that's something that's really important in a, in a support relationship is not always trying to fix things for people, but um, asking the questions and helping mm-hmm. lead them to. Well, right. And it, that, and that's exactly right. I think the most, the most, one of the most important things for uh, a great, that great coaches do are, you know, or to ask questions first and foremost. Right. 
And, you know, those questions lead to, in a perfect world, you discovering the blind spots on your own. Now, that's not always the reality because sometimes you just can't, your coach just can't get you to them. So they'll eventually, they can they have, sometimes have to eventually just tell you. I've, I've had that experience myself with my own coaches. And, um, you know, the, the importance of, like I said, letting you find your own way. You know, everyone, no matter who you are, or what you've done, everyone has breakdowns, right? But behind a breakdown mm-hmm. is a breakthrough. Yeah. Definitely. And, and it's not, you know, it's not for a coach to prevent your breakdowns, right? It's a coach, you know, as you said, to call you on your bullshit when, when you have it and to hold you at a standard, right? But also to be empathetic to you. Yeah. And to build that standard with you. Correct. Um, she holds me to the same standard that I hold myself to. Exactly. That, that's why it works. Yeah. That's terrific. So um, what would you say are the biggest challenges you're facing within your organizations right now? And and are your competitors facing the same industry challenges? Yeah. I mean, I, we talked about, I, I've, I've been in Sundable a year and mm-hmm. a half-ish, almost um, loomly six months-ish and um, a little longer than that, uh, I can count. Um, And so there's definitely some like infusing my personality into the culture Mm -hmm. and figuring out kind of what things look like they're both they were both founder-led businesses and so that transition is is always takes some time to kind of figure out where where we're at. Um, I think with both businesses, we're in a really great place. Um, and I'm really excited about kind of what's coming next. Mm-hmm. As far as the industry and and what challenges are affecting us and, and the rest of it, I think one of the challenges about the, the industry that we're in is that it can be very reactive. Um, we have partnerships and inter- in integrations with different tools, um, but things can clubhouse can pop up in a in a day and everyone is obsessed with it and you have to kind of yeah, right. <laughs> decide is that, like, st- is that still going clubhouse <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know yeah, I, don't um, either. <laughs> I, I think it is but um uh-huh. it's it's found its niche but but exactly yeah. i mean i think there's changes happening i think we were talking earlier about doing free trials and getting mm-hmm. used to platforms social media platforms change all the time. Right. So another benefit of a tool like Sendable and Limley is that we deal with the changes on the back end so that then mm-hmm. your experience can kind of remain the same. Yeah. Um, so again, it's it's just, it's very reactive and it's um, very exciting, mm-hmm. but it's also like when things happen, when Facebook releases a new feature on their API, you have to jump immediately. Um, so... <laughs> That's been, there's been a kind of a wave recently of, of new features and, and new, new things coming. And so that's mm-hmm. been a challenge, but also a fun and exciting one. Mm-hmm. Is there anything about the industry that annoys you? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think it would be nice to be able to plan my, my uh, product roadmap a couple of months ahead of time and not mm-hmm. have it be... Uh, decimated when something changes um, mm-hmm. with another social media platform is what you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. To your point about Facebook, uh huh. Yeah, um, I I really 
think that social media is a powerful tool. Um, both Sendable and Lindley care a lot about uh, customers creating authentic content and the the purpose behind social media, which mm-hmm. I really value. Um, mm-hmm. And not everybody feels that way about about social media. There's there's a lot of people that kind of try and take advantage of it, and we deal with a lot of spammers. And so I think yeah. that that's an area that is is challenging and not my favorite. Um, but it's it's manageable as and everybody's working towards limits and what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you find your prospects or do they find you? Is it inbound, outbound, what? Uh, very much inbound. Loomly is like 99% self-service. So it's very like um, built into uh, having people figure it out on their own. Um, very like step by step takes you through the process. Uh, and then Sendable, we do have a sales team that uh, particularly, like we talked about, Sendable customers are a little bit bigger. They want to kind mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. be and, and be kind of taught how to use it. Um, so, but, but both are very much inbound engines, organic, blog traffic, um, ads traffic, partnerships, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, the sweet spot for both of these companies with the numbers, you know, numbers of users. Do you have a particular vertical market that is a niche for you or is it just, you know, are you ag- industry agnostic? Um, that's a great question and something that we're kind of trying to, to figure out, identify and, and work on. Um, one area that we we see works really well for Loomly is um, real estate <laughs> firms are an area that we've seen grow a lot. SMBs, so like people who are have a store or have a couple of restaurant locations, that kind of thing works really well mm-hmm. for our product as well. Interesting. So, so. Uh, Traject, uh, your parent company, is headquartered in Bellevue, Washington, Washington State, Yep, and has around 170-ish full-time employees. Uh, between Loomly and Sendable, you have about 50 that, that stretch over 22 cities and 11 countries. So, you know, you know, are you, I mean, do you actually have, you're in London, do you have an office there? Are you working from home? Are you 100% remote in these other two companies? Loomly is 100% remote, does not have an office. Um, they, we can use the other offices. Sendable sure. does have a office headquarters in London, which mm-hmm. is why I moved here. Why you originally. moved there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, about 35 of our employees on the Sendable side are um, located in the UK area. So, um, so the majority, yeah. Yeah, but we are, Sendable is still like, mostly remote we we just moved to uh it's encouraged to go into the office once a week um if you are within two hours of the office so mm-hmm. um we had i think the most we've had is 15 on one day and that was two weeks ago and it was very fun <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so let's talk a little bit about that you know we we've we have talked so much in the last couple of years about you know, the changes to remote work and, you know, the people in, you know, in their 20s and in your generation that are basically giving the big F you to being required to be in the office, right? 
And um, how are you tackling creating culture in a remote work workforce? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I, I'm fascinated by remote work because I was a mm-hmm. diehard office goer. I was yeah, like, I would never work remote. Yeah. I had people that were remote on my team. Um, and I was like, I don't know how you do it. I could never manage that. I would hate yeah. it. Um, <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I, I don't, I don't know if I could go back to full time. I think if my office wasn't like over an hour away, I could go in three days a week or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will one day. Mm-hmm. Um, never say never. I've learned that. Um, I do think that the culture question is really interesting. I've been really fortunate to, while Sundable has an office, they were still a remote, mm-hmm. had about 50% of the team that was like contracted as remote. Um, so they had a lot of those things in place. Lumley was mm-hmm. 100% remote. I do think that we're, everyone is starting to feel it a little bit more. Um, the lack of connection and we have culture and social committees that plan events and we do quizzes and Great. Um, mm-hmm. games. But mm-hmm. uh, the the being together in person every so often, I think, is really valuable, yep. um, both from a strategy perspective and a building relationships and building trust perspective. So we're planning an all-company or all-team get-together for Lumley and also for Sendable in the next couple of months to kind of... So everybody comes in, the company gets fits the bill for it and brings everybody in. Good. Yeah, that, yep. that seems to be the common denominator among you know the CEOs I talk to and how they're handling this situation. You know, yeah. it is getting together once a quarter, a couple of times a year, whatever that, whatever might be the most effective for them to, you know, is, is listen, I've had, I've had, I, I've been working remote for over 20 years now. And, um, you know, for me, it's important to get out of the office and see people and, and, and do stuff. And though I've, though I have personally built amazing relationships from a remote standpoint with people. And nothing, nothing really takes the place of just getting, getting in front of people and having drinks and having a meal and just, you know, shooting the shit basically. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think when you're remote, the thing that can happen is that you only talk about work or right. like the weather. Um, right. right. And so, but, but being together, you talk about work mm-hmm. and you talk about challenges and, and there's a little bit right. more, um, depth that can can happen um mm-hmm. i do i mean i i've been really impressed with how much and how strong relationships i've been able to build there's a lot of people i haven't had the chance to meet yet in any of these companies um and i still do feel like we have a a pretty good rapport but i think it will be a lot better in person yeah i would agree so tell me a little bit about, I mean, you know, like I said, you've been, you, you joined Traject back in 2019 and you were just promoted in January of this year to CEO of both of these companies and, you know, president of B2B Social for Traject. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about the talent strategy for Loomly and Sendable prior to you becoming CEO in January and, and what you, what, if anything, have you changed in the last, you know, five months? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think the the culture and the hiring culture um, for both companies was very strong and very careful. Um, Sundable was very f- much culture focused. There was there were uh, there was a culture interview before there was any technical or any mm-hmm. other conversations right. to just smart. understand kind of what they were what what the candidate was going to mm-hmm. bring to the table. Um, and I think that that has has allowed Sendable to create a really incredibly diverse um, and interesting group of people. Um, so that was really cool. And Gavin, who was the CEO and founder, he interviewed every single person that um, came on board right. uh, at the final stage, which I thought was really cool and is something that I have kept to this day. Um, I I think that that's really important, not just from a um, culture perspective, but also from a showing that I care about people perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's much easier to do in a smaller company. As a company gets large, it, it becomes impossible for the CEO it, to interview everybody, but definitely. it's it, definitely sustainable in a smaller organization. And yes, again, it and, and, it, and it is one of the things I hear from founders all the time. Yep. Um, and then Lumley has an incredibly um, detailed process and very high standards. Um, the Lumley team was only eight people and, and now it's 11 people. And there's been such a careful selection of mm-hmm. who gets to join the team and who's going to be have the right attention to detail and, and bring something to really take the team to the next level. Mm-hmm. There's this... Um, mentality that I love at Lumley where it's always the right tool for the right job. It's very purposeful. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that. I think it's really cool to see what they've been able to accomplish with, with such a small team. Um, mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that I don't want to break. Um, I've, I've added in a couple of things. I've started interviewing everyone at the end. Um, and one of the things that I, I Hiring is a thing that I love. I think it's really interesting. I love getting to know different people. Um, I've been doing it for a lot of years. And um, Traject and Alpine actually has this kind of people-first mentality that I think Mm -hmm. is really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. A-plus players will take a company so far, and you are not a company without Mm -hmm. your people. And so everything is very purposeful, I guess, across all of the brands. And I love that. I think it's really That's fantastic. Where have you seen your biggest challenges from a talent acquisition, talent strategy standpoint? Um, Well, I I don't know how much you're aware of the industry or the the current hiring climate at the moment, but it's definitely challenging. Very aware. Yeah. Get developers currently. Um, Not living under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess you would have to be. We've had an open role at Sendable for eight months now. Um, Oh, that's And I think one at Lumley for 10. Um, We've also made a couple of really phenomenal hires in that time. It's just Mm -hmm. these particular roles have been more challenging to fill. Um, Well, you know, and I want to talk about that because as somebody who, 
started in executive search in 1992. Um, and now, you know, I spent virtually my entire career doing that before becoming just straight consultant and coach. Um, you know, I, 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 looking in from the outside, I think, boy, eight and 10 months, there's something you're doing that's not working if you can't find people in that many months, regardless of the market. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing and yeah. how you go about acquiring talent that you're having. Well, this, I mean, yeah, even if it's only a couple of positions, but still, it's a long time. Yeah, I will say this. Unless maybe it's a CEO, but which it's not. (laughs) It could be. No, um, they could take longer. The sendable one we actually put on pause for uh, several months within that period. So we just had to restart Mm -hmm. um, recruiting. So that one is is a little bit different. I mean, I think that the Loomly one is actually super fascinating because um, we've worked with a couple of recruiters and they have they have said like you you can only get C talent right now. Like you will not be able to hire an A plus player. Like your standards are too high. Um which I was oh, shocked by. I've I've mm-hmm, never had a mm-hmm. recruiter tell me that. Usually they like it when you have high standards. Um because then you're happy <laughs> with who you place. Um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's been really interesting. I, we also, again, I mentioned we have a small team, so we've been focusing on one role at a time. Um, so we we just hired a couple of weeks ago a different role that that we we'd had open for a little while, and so now it's the focus is on this open role. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Have you experienced much turnover? Not, any? Uh, not a lot. Um, in both across both companies, I've had five people leave in the last year and a half. And why? Why did they leave? Uh, a, a mixture of things. They were all from mm-hmm. Sendable, um, and several of them were in the the marketing on the marketing team. Um, we had a couple. I, I think I actually gave a, a speech or a had a recorded a video for the team after a couple of people had left. Um, Sendable has an incredible retention rate. Like mm-hmm. 25% of the company has been there for over five years. Um, That's great. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it keeps growing every day because there's a lot of people mm-hmm. at four. Um, and I don't actually think that all turnover is a bad thing. Um, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. Turnover can be a really great thing in some in some ways. And what I've tried to tell the Sendable team and, and talk about is I if if somebody is unhappy or is interested in doing something else or feels like they've learned all that they can, I want to help you find your next thing. Mm-hmm. I, I want that conversation to be an open one and one that you don't feel like you can't say anything until you're at your breaking point because that's not healthy for anyone. I don't want anyone to feel frustrated or um, not like they can share that. So Mm -hmm. I've had a a couple of really good conversations since that video of people who were like, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, or like this one thing is frustrating me. And and we've been able to identify that problem and fix it and, or figure out that maybe the next thing is better for them. And I like that collaborative Mm -hmm. approach. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, What would, if somebody were just getting into the industry of, you know, social media managers, what advice would you give them, knowing what you know? Um, 
well, they could uh, do 14 free trials to find the right tool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a great question. I... I think it's a fascinating industry, and I think there are so many opportunities. Um, I would recommend that they listen a lot. I think there's so many resources out there um, from companies like Loomly and Sendable to freelancers to influencers. There are just a ton of resources. So I would recommend that they kind of start there and then also like build a community around them to then... Take that step. Um, I would mm-hmm. also recommend that they get a solution, <laughs> a tool like Sendable or Loomly to make it easier, um, and preferably one that has good s- support, so that when you run into a roadblock, mm-hmm. you can um, get help, kind of overcoming that. And mm-hmm. I would also recommend that they focus on identifying what they're trying to get across. If they're working for a brand or a client, um, really approaching it authentically. I think a lot of people are just churning out content to get something out there. Um, and if you can just use your voice and, and use your brand, um, I think that's a lot more effective. That's terrific. Um, so tell me a little bit about what, uh, what you do in your free time when you're not working. Uh, yeah, I, I told you about my wife and my dog. Um, we love to adventure together, uh, whether it's to the farmer's market or, um, I was just Mm -hmm. in Italy last weekend. So, um, really liked. Europe's wonderful like that, isn't it? It is. It's very nice. Um, I also love to read. Um, I, Mm -hmm love to read um and <laughs> I, I was gonna say so do you prefer five. fiction or nonfiction? i do a mixture of both <laughs> i'll read okay. a nonfiction one and then three fiction ones i'm just about to finish mm-hmm. my third uh in the last couple of weeks so i have to do nonfiction next um <laughs> and i love crossword puzzles and board games mm-hmm. uh i love to talk to people. I I find these kinds of conversations Mm -hmm. fascinating and I really enjoy, um, I have a a couple of really good friends that are doing super interesting Mm -hmm. things um, and I love hearing about their lives. Mm -hmm. So Caitlin, if someone listening to this podcast uh, is thinking, gosh, I, I really love that whole business of social, you know, social media managers. Um, and and I and I really like her attitude. I'd love to work for somebody like this. What should uh, what should that person do? Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is reaching out on LinkedIn. Uh, I am famously terrible terrible at email, but I do check my LinkedIn messages. <laughs> That's really interesting. And maybe it's your age. I don't know. <laughs> Probably, yeah. um, I'm very. Good. I, I absolutely hate LinkedIn and prefer email. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> I guess maybe I'm just a dinosaur. <laughs> I, I do I do check my emails, but I'm just not the right. best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you probably need an executive assistant to help you. Yeah, I, would, I might would be my guess. That point at some point soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, Caitlin Sorensen, president of B two B Social at Traject and CEO of both Loomly and Sendable. Thank you for your time. And uh, you're in London, so you're. It is now. It is now nine o'clock in the evening. So I appreciate you staying up late to have this uh, conversation with me. Of course, Carol. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. 
Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticalelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag authentically successful. I love seeing your posts and great suggestions. Lastly, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, verticalelevation.com, or follow me on LinkedIn. This is Carol Schultz. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.